Hey, what's good, ladies and gentlemen? It is your man, Vivon, here with We Create Music TV. Welcome to another interview series episode that we have here tonight. Tonight, we have singer, songwriter, and worship leader, Irene Rock. Hi. Hello, hello. So everybody give it up. I'm glad that you're here. Um, Thank you. I'm interested in talking to you about a whole lot of different things that we're going to get into tonight. Uh, so, so once again, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. I'm happy good. to be here. Good. I, it is. It is a pleasure having you here as well. So, as I ask every single guest that comes onto the show, can you just share with us your musical beginnings and how did you got how did you get started in this this whole music world? Okay, sure. Um, so, uh, music for me really is a passion that I've had for a really long time. Um, my parents introduced me and my siblings to Christian music um, since when we were really young, actually. Back in Nigeria, that's where I'm originally from. So back in Nigeria, my parents, they love music also, so they always played Christian music in the house. But they um, played all kinds of Christian music, like all forms. When I say Christian, I'm just talking about the religion itself, not the genre. So they had like um, gospel music, contemporary Christian um, maybe not so much Southern gospel because that's really, really like out there, like when you think about Christian music and Nigeria. So they had all yeah, kinds you, of you, African. <laughs> no, what, I was gonna say yeah. No, I was gonna say you, you're talking about like Bill Gathers and all them. Yeah, that. I yeah, don't even, yeah. They might yeah. know who Bill Gathers is, but we never really listened to him. Right. But I know him just because I'm here now. Right. So um, yeah, exactly. So so they introduced us to all kinds of Christian music and. Um, so that's why I grew up listening to. Actually, our household was those homes where we weren't allowed to listen to what we call circular music. Mm -hmm. um, so I, because I loved music so much, would sneak and watch MTV at night and stuff like, like that. Because I just, I just love music so much, and it didn't really matter so much. But I couldn't do it, so I had to sneak to do it. Um, so that's how that's that's uh, my background. I grew up listening to music and I was singing in the choir from an early age also. So that's really how my passion for music um, came. And while doing all that, I said, noticing that I like to write songs myself, it just will come very natural to me. I was always singing a tune, humming something, and something was always just going on in my head, um, dancing to some beat or something. So that's where it started from. And um, when I kind of grew the courage to tell other people about it, because I was very shy and unsure about what I was doing, um, I shared with my husband, I shared with some of my, my brothers and my sisters, they started to encourage me to like teach people in church. So that's why I started. So they were like, oh, teach, let's teach the choir. Well, why don't you teach the choir? So I taught the choir some songs and then we would sing them in church for worship. And people started asking me for recordings, like, oh, can I listen to it at home? Mm. Um, yeah, so that's where everything kind of sprung from. In my heart of hearts, I knew that I love music and that's what I really wanted to do. But mm. growing up in a Nigerian home, it wasn't really encouraged to like pursue as a career. Um, I don't know if you know any Nigerian. Well, I was say, why is that? I do. I, oh, okay, okay. So, <laughs> I well, do. It's, I think it's a cultural thing where like people expect their kids to be like doctors, lawyers, engineers. Mm. Not really artists or musicians, uh, like because they don't see that as a, a, a productive, not productive, but um, they don't see it as something that you can make money with. Right. Um, they, yeah, it's just, I think it just comes from you wanting the best for your child. So 
if you really want to have a good life, you want to be a doctor, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So, yeah. So, I don't think my parents meant any harm, but I just didn't feel comfortable sharing my desires or my, uh, yeah, my desires with them. So, I just kept it hidden. And once the church started encouraging it, and they too said to see that, oh, maybe she can kind of write songs. Oh, she, that was a good song. Okay. Mm. So that's where that came from. So, and I just started recording about four years ago. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So about four years ago is when you really had your foray into this whole music as, as like professionally recording and doing those types yes. of, okay. Yes, wow. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting, you know, when you think about the cultural perspectives, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, in America, a lot of it is not really so much on, I mean, your parents want you to have a good job, right? They want mm -hmm. you to go to school. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But I don't think it's a cultural thing, right? Like, I think my mom wanted me to go to school and have good grades and do all those things. But mm -hmm. I think she ultimately wanted me to pursue whatever you wanted. You know, I wanted to pursue. So if I wanted to be, uh, you know, whatever, she'd say, hey, go mm -hmm. for it. Because she will always tell me, Brian, you can be whatever it is that you want to be. Oh, okay. So I can just be whatever, right? But you know, when I think about it, and you ask the question, do I know some Nigerians? I do, and it's kind of the same, the same thing. And I, I work with a couple of them, and okay. they kind of have that, and, and they're in, and they're in nursing, right? And so they kind of follow that that progression. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. You know what's, mm -hmm. what? What I find interesting is that you yourself, and I, I mean, unless you still practice, do you, you still practice? It was a pediatric dentistry. Yes, I do. Yes. I do. I still practice ah, yes. part time. Okay. Mm -hmm. I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the so, thing is that I spent so much time and I'm good at it. Um, I've mm -hmm. spent so much, so many years trying to achieve that. So it's even my parents, they're still like, they know that I love music, but they're, they're not going to outright tell me, ah, don't practice anymore. They, they, I think they feel uncomfortable <laughs> with that idea. <laughs> okay. Right. You know, um, but honest, but everybody knows, at least my kids know, everybody knows that if I could like, Say goodbye to dentistry and just focus on music. I would in a heartbeat. Okay. Oh yeah, that's me too. In a heartbeat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Okay. So, are you nursing too, or? or... Well, I work at a company that facilitates uh, medical. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this without, you know. <laughs> but yes, they facilitate medical practices throughout the country, uh, and so oh, they're one okay. of the largest providers of. Uh, managed care to Medicaid and Medicare and marketplace okay. customers. Okay. Uh, but yes, I do work with tons of nurses uh, from RNs to LPNs to LCS, uh, LCSWs to behavioral health clinicians and you name it. I, mm -hmm. I am probably the, the most non-clinical person at my job. <laughs> wow. But that's because I do and everybody knows from watching the show, but that's because I do organizational development and leadership and I've been doing it for a gazillion years already. And so what I currently do now is I manage the learning function for uh, the company that I work for here in Georgia. But yes, oh, I, I do work with a lot of a lot of nurses and a few of them are Nigerian. And we've had conversations kind of like that before is how did they get started? What are some of the things that they wanted to pursue themselves and what kind of were some of the the hindrances that kind of were in their way of pursuing that. And a lot of it did come back from a cultural perspective and a mm -hmm. fatherly, uh, not, not, I don't want to say fatherly, fathers and mothers, right? So mm -hmm. we had a conversation one day and we were talking about communication 
And they mm-hmm. say, Brian, we're not comfortable looking, uh, looking people in the eye. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. why? I was like, why not? I'm looking at everybody. I'm always looking at everybody in the eye, you know, like Mr. Miyagi is like, look eye. So I'm always I looking, know, right? <laughs> right? I'm always <laughs> And they were like, yeah, they said, because it's a culture thing. It was a sign of disrespect mm-hmm. for us to look our father mm-hmm. in the eye. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. OK, I get it now. And so mm-hmm. I had to adapt, you know, myself to to them as well so mm-hmm. that they still we were able to communicate in that way without them feeling yeah. uncomfortable and me kind of, you know, staring them down because that's that's what we do in America. We, you know, yeah. we got to have got to have eye contact. Right. I know, I know. It's and, and I learned actually because I also had that kind of issue when I first came to the US. I learned that people might even think that you're being dishonest when you mm-hmm. don't look at them in the eye. And That's we're right. thinking like this is so awkward. Why are they looking at me like this is too much? <laughs> it's almost That's like right. invasion of your privacy. That's right. Like yeah. Uh it's interesting. That's interesting. It's interesting, but, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I've learned I've learned from a cultural perspective from many different cultures some of the nuances and things that you do and don't do uh, within certain cultures. Because I've trained all over the United States, all over uh, with just different cultures and just different uh, diversity groups, and they all have their cultural perspectives that you need to be keen of. And so I, I think that's I think that is uh, what anybody needs to be aware of. Okay, so let me ask you this: so. Mm-hmm diversity right so you're nigerian you're mm-hmm. living here in america you're pursuing mm-hmm. a music career mm-hmm. i don't know if there's a lot of nigerians pursuing music um i'm sure there are i'm sure there mm-hmm. probably are that we just don't know right in america because mm-hmm. we're so infatuated with whatever it may be but um i mean but how does that play into your own your own music space uh diversity how, how does that still influence what you do um, I think, I think for me, um, it is harder a little bit. I mean, there, there's the good and there's the bad of it. The good is that there's, there's more access to stuff in America as an, so I'm Nigerian American, right? And so there's more access to musicians, to, um, producers and people that, um, that are like-minded. I think that is easier to find people that are like-minded here than in Nigeria. Um, but there's also the um, expectation that that I should sound a certain way or I should sing a certain way, especially in the Christian world. Um, like if I, I know you, I know you were saying that there are not that many, but they actually there there are. A the, lot I'm, of, I'm pretty sure especially probably in like are. Nigerian churches. Oh my goodness, there are so many mm. Nigerian artists. And we're all like in the same boat in the sense that nobody's doing this uh, like a full-time thing. Most people have right. like their job. That they are doing you know their separate careers because mm-hmm. you know how it is it's not really easy the music industry is very expensive and you know yeah I exactly i always tell people that it's easier to be a dentist than to be <laughs> a successful <laughs> artist is like a lot easier right. to be a successful right. dentist i think but um right. no i think it's i think it's easy to be almost anything besides seriously. being a the amount of money that you got to pour into your career is, is crazy it's so. crazy and there's so many people, unfortunately, there's so many people that are just out there to take advantage and to just like, ah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, I think the, so the, the adversity, it really, for me, it's been a mindset, actually. There's the expectation that I'm supposed to sound a certain way. I'm supposed to do a certain kind of music. But because of what I grew up listening to, I do have like an ear for all kinds of music. 
and mm-hmm. i think it kind of shows in the way i write um and the things that i do so i might not even necessarily fit into what the nigerian expectation is um mm. so that's that's been hard for me trying to find my voice in this in in mm. this world being tra- transplanted from nigeria so I think it would have been easier if I was in Nigeria. Then I know that, okay, I have to sound this way. I don't have any other options. But I'm mm. here and I have all these options. Tons. And yeah, you have so many mm-hmm. options. And, but people expect this and you have to find the right audience for you because they're this expectation from my Nigerian group, but I don't fit that per, per se. So that's why it's been hard for me. But I think I've still found people that like the difference, that like the way I sing or the way I sound or the kind of music that I write. So it's just really being true to yourself and just know this is what I want to do. I'm not going to be made into what people expect or what they, yeah, what they expect. I'm just going to do what I feel God has blessed me to do. Hey, that's all you can do. Yeah. That's all you can do. I mean, so so let me ask you this. What is the Nigerian expectation when it comes to, to music? Like how do they expect for you to sound? Or the type of music you should be doing? Well, Nigerian worship... So Nigerian Christian music really is more worship music. Worship and praise and worship. I don't know if, like, I don't know if you're a Christian, if you've been to, like, church and stuff like that. I am 100% Christian. I was saved saved in July of 2000. I could share my whole coming to Christ experience if we ever get into that. So, yes. Okay, I would love to hear it. Yeah, people know they watch the show. I have no shame. I am I am not ashamed of of the gospel. So Oh Jesus yeah, oh, Christ. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so um so the the Nigerian expectation is as a Christian artist, your music should cater to church. Okay. It should be the kind of stuff that you can play in church for either the praise section or the worship section. If you mm-hmm. ever do something that is a little bit outside of that, then it's like you don't really have a place per se because people can't really relate to that. But mm. yeah, but I'm not like that. I, I don't, I listen. I mean, I, I lead worship in my church. I'm a worship leader, but what I naturally right. write isn't necessarily like that. So that's mm. why it's been, it's been interesting because you hear people who say, ah, why are you, why are you, ah, okay, she's different. Like, all right, what is mm. she trying to do? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I would hope that you would be that you would be different and the music that you put out would be would be yeah. different from everyone else. And that it speaks about who you are as a as an artist yeah. and as a person and conveys the message that you're trying to co- convey through your music. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think too many people sound like too many people. And True. so we don't need we don't need more people sounding like everybody else. Everybody so, else. Yeah, I'm that's right. So in, that. so in the words of Kevin Hart, do you? Right. <laughs> right. Do you do whatever makes you happy in the music that you put out? Do you your own do style you. and, and do do you? That's right. So, I, I, OK, so I was going to ask, how did your Nigerian roots influence your music? I guess we kind of talked about that. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about in relationship to your Nigerian roots and kind of how that influences the music that you make today. Um, I think that um, I think it's just in there. Um, maybe like in the beats for sure in the beats and the fact that the music is groovable you know you know the difference like you can tell mm-hmm. usually when you hear a sound like you kind of 
can tell where the person is from a little bit and it's not like mm -hmm. it's something that i'm consciously trying to do it just happens you know so um i think it just affects the way i write and the melodies and the harmonies that i would naturally sing um but the good thing is that i actually i'm i'm going to release more music that really highlights my nigerianness ah, <laughs> nigerianness nigerianness um and i'm looking forward to that um because yeah everybody has yeah. like we all have all these intricacies to ourselves that god has put there for a reason mm -hmm. the experiences that we have our upbringings everything is is necessary is for a purpose so i'm uh uh i don't think we're meant to hide who we are in any way or shape or form so yeah. that's right hey that's right i mean lap right can you put a lap stand on that never mind i'm gonna give you a preaching <laughs> in, in. I usually don't preach on, on the shows, but trust me, I can get into it. Okay. <laughs> like I am. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. So, so you mentioned, there's a couple of things that you mentioned that I kind of want to talk about. One is that you mentioned that you were never one to label yourself as a worship artist. Why was that? Why is that? Well, I honestly, when I first started, I don't know. My first album, Jeff White, was really like a, a collection of, of different styles of me just feeling it and just putting out what I've, some of the songs that I've written. I didn't really care that, um, I didn't care what style it was. Like just what was really driving it were the lyrics and the, the message behind the songs. So when we decided to make a worship album, was that was where it, it was a little bit more calculated what i was doing and it wasn't very easy for me actually to write <laughs> right i had written them but there mm -hmm. i don't know maybe it's just my thought process the way i i think of worship music i've always thought of worship music as more solemn more structured they're not easy to write actually mm -hmm. i think actually harder to write but um more structured and more what's it called more like i feel like for worship music you really have to care about what what people think mm. does that Why make sense that? to you yeah well, because kinda... you want people to be able to sing your song so they have to be easier to sing they have to right. be, like the melodies can be complicated or else people are like okay you can't follow, oh, you can't learn the song right. fast enough, you know? Right. So it, it was it was just very, it was just harder. It wasn't mm. as spontaneous, it wasn't as free-flowing as other things would have been for me. And uh, when I did it, I was I was happy. I mean, I was I was doing it by the Spirit of God. I, I knew that's what God wanted me to do. But honestly, I couldn't wait to like, okay, can I just get back to more Irene stuff? <laughs> what, I, what, what I like more. Um, so... I like I said, I just never saw myself as that person. Mm. I'm a worship leader, but I never really saw myself as a worship songwriter. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. I mean I still don't. Because when I look at the people who do it, I I appreciate them and I feel like like everybody, like the body of Christ, like people we are hands, some people are their hands, some people are the feet, some people are the That's organs, right. different organs. I just look mm -hmm. at those people as a different part of the body than me sometimes mm -hmm. yeah right yeah because i'm a different part of the body right i may be a nostril i could be a pinky right i could be all those different i mean because we all have different gifts and talents that we bring to mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. the table right and so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
You know, we don't all have to be the same. That's the beauty of, of the bodies that we don't all yes. have to be the same. God has gifted yes. us with talents and attributes and, and things created in his image. But we all have these different things that we bring to the table as yes. a collective body of believers who, okay, let me get me preach. Okay. Look at you, uh, so, you're going <laughs> Hey, well, there was, there was a time, there was a time in my life where I was being groomed to be a pastor. So. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah. We don't talk about that, but yes, I was, <laughs> I was, <laughs> but yes, there was a time in my life where, you know, I was being groomed to be a pastor. I thought it was a, a, a place, a role that I wanted to fit into or take mm-hmm. on as mm-hmm. a person in this body. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I had started that journey, uh, even to the point where I came up under the lead pastor of the church. I was the one who was getting up in the, in the, in the morning, uh, greeting people as they came in, giving the morning mm-hmm. prayer and doing all these different oh, things. Yeah. I led a mm-hmm. men's ministry. I read, oh yeah. We had to get into all that stuff, but yeah, I used to lead a men's ministry. It was a huge, huge men. Yeah, we'll get into all that. Um, all right, I want to hear it. <laughs> now, trust, I'm not ashamed of any of that, but mm-hmm. I just don't do that today. But but trust and believe. But it's part of your journey, and it wasn't still, a waste. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's still a part of the journey. That's right, and it mm-hmm. still has shaped who I am as an individual exactly. and as a as a believer. But yeah, so mm-hmm. trust me, trust me, has. <laughs> so so for you. Uh, Right. So in, in your bio, and I've heard of these artists before, I've listened to these artists over and over and over and over again. And so uh, you mentioned artists like C.C. Winans and Kirk Franklin and Newsboys and uh, Michael W. Smith. And mm-hmm. right. And so um, like C.C. Winans has a song that I love called It Wasn't Easy. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. It wasn't perfect. Ooh. 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 When I hear that song, it's like, oh. <sighs> Like it wasn't like, oh man, like, Aww. yeah, it, it, I mean, it is that type of, let's see, I'm gonna get all emotional. Okay. Anyway, but I mean, cause that's how impactful that song is. Thank you, oh, Cece, for making it. Yeah. song, Right. I appreciate that. Uh, so, but for her. you, oh yeah, Cece is amazing. Cece, oh, yeah. Cece Wine is amazing. It's amazing. And she has this, yeah. like, this, she has this spirit, like, honestly, that there, there are some Christians that like you look up to and then they don't disappoint you. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't hold anybody too high in a pedestal. Right. Like I, I look up to Jesus cause I know we're all human beings and people will, people will fall sometimes. People will sin like we're human. I get it. Right. We're but human. she's just somebody that has just been there for a long time. I don't mm-hmm. really know anything bad about her. Like she's just been just a great person. Right. <laughs> At least from where I'm standing and she just had this great body of work. Mm-hmm. Her music is consistent, is mm-hmm. great, is impactful, is, is spirit filled. Like she's just an amazing woman. Right. Okay. And, and you know, what I love about it is that they did gospel music, her, uh, her and BB, but didn't always do gospel music. They didn't always do, right. They didn't always do gospel music. They did regular, quote unquote, regular, <laughs> right, regular music. Like Christian music isn't, re- isn't regular music. But, I know, right? <laughs> right. I mean, but I get you. And and that's so weird that we like to categorize music in that in that way. You know, know. Christian music versus secular music. Mm-hmm. You know, what makes something secular? I mean, I, I get it. You know, from that standpoint, it's secular music, secularism. It's the absence of God in music and things like that. But I don't know. You know, I I think 
music in music we're so quick to slap a label on something to categorize yes. something, put something in the yes. box to say this is kind of where you fit in and you can't come outside of that you because, can't come exactly right right trust me i'm coming outside of that box and into your box and into everybody else's and that's <laughs> that's just how that's just how we do it but anyway the question i, I was going to ask mm -hmm. <laughs> is how did they influence you as an artist okay well all these different people honestly see I, I got to know them when I was in Nigeria, okay, when I was very young. They, they, they just, what's the word? They expanded my world. They opened my world like up to, to bigger than where I was. I never, growing up in Nigeria, one of the, I think one of the advantages of growing up from a different country and coming to move to America is that, for me, is that I never saw myself as a black person. I was just Irene, okay? And I wasn't even Irene Nigeria. Right. My first name is Irene, but my middle name, people knew me by my middle name and I'm not even gonna, so I was just Irene. And it didn't matter what the person looked like when I listened to music, it didn't, none of those things mattered at all. I just, the music was just what mattered. And those those people that I mentioned, those and there are so many other people I can't even mention, there are just so many people. Mm -hmm. They opened my eyes to just the world, to what music could be. Okay, right. and, and when I came here with that mindset of not knowing, not caring about what color I was or what the expectation is music wise or what society thinks about anything, I just came here as Irene and um, those people just, the music that I liked was the music that those people gave me and I didn't care what they looked like. So these people just shaped me to, okay, this is how I sound, this is what I like, this is, I don't, I didn't know that, oh, as mm. as a, a black person, maybe you probably want to just do R and B or right. maybe a little bit of pop or gospel, and that's the expectation. Mm -hmm. None of those things even mattered. I didn't even know those things existed. <laughs> See, so just... oh, that's the box what? of America. I know they will put you in that box. Or oh, you're black, you can only do, you know. Now, I, I mean, I may not do southern gospel, right? Mm -hmm. I'm. I may not do that, but I mean, and the only reason because that's not the style of music that I that I like. Exactly. But, exactly. but why can't you know? It's interesting that you said you came over from Nigeria to America and you didn't think about okay, I'm a black person, and so I have to do this type of music. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately that's where people should find their expressive freedom is right there. Mm -hmm. I am a person who does music, so why can't I do country? or R&B, or hip-hop, or jazz, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. um, ska, or EDM, mm -hmm. or pop, mm -hmm. or all these rock. other things. Yeah. Rock, like rock, like why can't I, like, I remember when everybody found out that the lead singer of Hooting the Blowfish was black. Was well, black guy. Right, I think everybody was like, what, wait what? a minute, he's a black guy? Like, yeah, why can't he be though? Yeah. But, cause I, because it's kind of that, it's kind of that, you know, hip hop was black, rock was white, country was white, pop mm -hmm. was white, white jazz yeah. was black, right? Mm -hmm. So you had your 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 segregation of music styles mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you dared not try to cross over into those, right? Mm -hmm. There's no no It and, just you know, doesn't happen. It didn't happen. And then mm -hmm. I don't know who did it, but somebody did it. They were the first to do it and then it just opened up, Same right? Branding, so, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's a shame that music is still categorized that way. But 
I know, I know. I think mm. I think the the walls are definitely breaking. You can see mm-hmm. people like, yeah. I, I and you'd be surprised sometimes when you listen to a song and you expect the person to look a certain way and then they don't, and then you have to catch right. yourself like, hey, right. why did right. I eat food even like? <laughs> right, because I heard a I heard a song by NSYNC one day, uh-huh. and I didn't know it was NSYNC, and I'm listening to this song and I'm like, who is this group? Uh-huh. What in the world is going on? And then I went to go find a song and it came up to be in sync and Justin Timberlake had all the guys on there. Just uh-huh. I was uh-huh. like, oh, that. Wow. You, and yeah. you're right. Sometimes you never really know unless you go find out. And I mean, this was even the, during the days when MTV and BET and all of them were. I mean, you still they did videos still. Yeah, uh-huh. they don't really do do nowadays, but you know, <laughs> not videos. Those. Not, not videos. Reality they do all types of things. That's what they do now for the oh, most gosh, part. Oh, gosh, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Trust me, I know. So um, I read that you you stated that coming to America was a dream come true for you and your family. Yes. Why was that? Because like, you remember I told you that this artist opened my world up, right? Mm-hmm. And well, I just saw, like, the possibilities of what you can do in America. You know, you know, as I was saying, like the the cultural, the Nigerian culture is for your kids to be a certain way, to study certain things because you want them to have successful lives. You want them to to be independent, to be happy or whatever. Um, I knew that music, the kind of music that I liked, I I probably could, I can't do that in Nigeria. Period. Okay, I just can't. Mm. I just can't. And then I also knew that just the, I just always looked at America like, oh, this amazing place where like things. And just then you got work. here. Yes. <laughs> and, uh-uh, <laughs> and then you got here and you were like, what That's in the world? <laughs> it's a lot better than Nigeria. And I love Nigeria. I love that country, too. But honestly, like there are way more opportunities here. Mm-hmm. And things work easier right. here. Um, so, I mean, I came and I was just happy to be here. I mean, there's also like things that are issues like racism and things like that, that we never, mm. I never experienced in my life. See, right. Oh, I never even thought of, you know, I said, I didn't even mm-hmm. think about stuff like that. Those are kind of like the cultural shocks that you kind of have to deal with and you just keep moving. But, mm. but yeah, I just always wanted to be an American. I wanted to, this is what I, I always imagine you know, going to like school in America and having friends from all kinds of races, like just not mm-hmm. just, yeah, just having that variation. It just looks so nice in the movies. It looks nice right. in TV shows. I would love to have that too. Experience, like have computers everywhere. Like it just looks nicer. And, right. Yeah. Oh, oh, trust me. America is all about consumerism. <clears throat> we are all about that. We are all about giving, putting things in your face so you can buy it and having plenty of stuff, right? Yes. And having eight, yes. having eight computers. I have one, two, three. Like, oh gosh, it's so it's so crazy how consumerism sets in uh, yeah. into the American culture, it right? Buy right. this, get this. Mm-hmm. Here's the latest product. If you don't have mm-hmm. this product, you're missing out, right? So that whole FOMO uh, sets in. You're like, oh my gosh. You know, let me just go ahead and give you some more of my money so I can get the latest, you know, Mac or the latest camera or the latest whatever it is. And it's like mm-hmm. trying to I, I do have the latest iPhone though. I mean when I <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, I'm getting that. <laughs> but <laughs> like, ah, I can get that I'm gonna get. But it is, right? It's kinda of keeping up with you know, the phrase keeping up with the Joneses. Jones, and it yeah. puts you into this it puts you into this cycle of consumerism. 
and yes. buying stuff. And then yeah. once you look up and you got tons of stuff and you're like, what do I, I do with all this? all this? Stuff. I don't yeah. even need all this stuff. And then you find yourself yeah. on Facebook Marketplace trying to sell everything like I'm currently am right now. <laughs> but- <laughs> you sound so personal. Look at you. <laughs> I am. I'm trying to buy, sell stuff on because I got too much stuff. Like I don't need this. I don't even use this. Why? I have this. What? <laughs> why? Why do I have this? I was talking to a friend a couple of weeks ago, and I sent him a text, and I was like, "Do you just ever have stuff? You ever just buy stuff, and then you wonder like a month later, why did I buy this?" And he's like, "No, because I buy things that I'm supposed to actually use." Oh, maybe it's just me then. Okay. Thanks for making me feel better that it's just me that buys things that I don't need and then no, figure out why. No, it's not just you, right. It's not I'm just like, okay. you. Oh, the industry will be thriving, that's for sure. That's crazy. You got that right. You got that right. You know, so so being being a mom, mm-hmm. being a wife, uh, being a part-time pediatric dentist, mm-hmm. being a single songwriter, worship leader, I mean, how do you juggle mm-hmm. it all? Like, how do you make time to, to balance all of this? Um, I mean, first, by the grace of God. Um, I think that, you know, the Bible talks about how God does not give us more than what we can handle. So if you're really, truly working by the spirit of God, then you won't have, God won't give you um, something that is too hard for you to handle. And he's there to help you anyways. Um, the Holy Spirit is there to help you lift all those burdens and just help you. So first, by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit. And then um, the people in my life, like my husband and my kids, everybody, we're all in this stuff together. We're doing all these things together. Like um, when I went to record uh, my last single, What Love Is, and I, a bunch of tracks too, I went with my whole family. In the middle of the pandemic, we all went together because... They, they are part of the entire experience, the journey. They inspire me and they are helping me. Um, so everybody's like all hands on deck for this one. So we're <laughs> doing everything together. And it's been, um, it's been doable that way. Uh, my family, my mom, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my dad, my brothers and my sisters, everybody, like they pitch in when, when we need help. So that's how we've been able to do it. That's good. And that's great to have such a support system that mm-hmm. helps you through that and is on that journey with you. You know, yes. I, I think a lot of struggles and challenges kind of set in when there's, there is conflict against those two, right? You have a spouse who's oh, not supportive true. of what you're doing. Yeah. Or you, have, or you have parents who may not be supportive of what you're doing. And it becomes difficult to, to kind of juggle all of that uh, in your life to still do all those other things, those other responsibilities and still pursue this, you know, your music career. Music, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I know for myself, it's, I was telling my son today, uh, well, both of my sons, but I was telling uh, one of them today because he, my whole family is, is we kind of do some of the same stuff. And so okay. my son, so my son today, he was on Twitch live streaming today. So he does his live streams okay. from one to three on his Twitch okay. channel. And so he was live streaming today. And then after he was done, my other son went live on Twitch to stream his video games uh, channel that he has on Twitch. Oh, wow. And so he was he was doing that until six o'clock. And then I was like, OK, cool, because I have an interview at seven o'clock, uh-huh. which is what we're doing here now. And then 
my wife also has a YouTube channel where she records all her videos and do all those things. She didn't record today, but, and so we all kind of do the same thing, but it was just, mm -hmm. you know, we're all live streaming today. He was streaming and then they're streaming and I'm streaming. And, and so then at nine o'clock, my son uh, who does the video game channel has an interview that he has, somebody wants to interview him, his Twitch channel, uh, what he's what he's doing on his Twitch channel, uh, how he plays and coaches and do all those different things. And it's like, uh -huh. wow, having having family that is in it with you yes. is important. It is it important is. because you mm -hmm. can help each other. You can mm -hmm. hold each other accountable. You can drive yes. one another. It mm -hmm. is an awesome, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I sat back and was like, this is an awesome feeling. Look at I us. Know, it look, great look, too. look at the Vaughn family go. Oh. It, it felt it felt great. Like, wow. So I get it. I get it. It is it's important. It's vital to have a family that supports you through your through your journey. So for you, even though you have that support structure in place, I'm sure there were still some challenges that you faced in your music career. So mm -hmm. kind of talk about some of those. And what did you learn from those challenges? Um, well, there are a bunch of challenges. Like when we started, when me and my husband first started, we really didn't know what we were doing. Um, we were just learning as, oh, we're just learning as, that's my mom. We're just learning as we were going. Um, so um, thank you, mom. So, well, one of the challenges is like having, getting help really as an independent artist. Um, finding the right people to work with is is pretty hard. You it's almost like as if you kind of have to go through like the bad people to get the right people or something. <laughs> at least for us, um, we made so many mistakes at the beginning. Um, just finding the right people can be very difficult. But I would encourage people to keep trying, keep asking, keep searching. You will find people that get what you want and also have similar goals as you. So just keep trying. Another difficulty was obviously the financial aspect of just how expensive everything is. It almost feels like you just keep pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. You pour money to record, you pour to to get it produced, you pour it to master, to mix, to master. Then you pour for artwork. Then you pour it to, um, to put it on some kind of platform so you can get it dis and dis uh, dispersed or whatever. And then you still pour for promotions, for marketing, and then you got to do a video, you pour again. It just it feels like it's never ending pouring. It's never ending. <laughs> it is a never then, ending thing. And then, and then you got to remind people, go check it out, please. Like, it's just a lot. It's, it's expensive. It is a lot of time and effort, and you really have to love it to do it. Okay, you got it. You got it, because when you need to sit down and think about it, Especially people who like have other careers, you're like, is it is it worth it? And then mm. if you love it, you be like, yeah, because I can't live without doing what I'm doing. I love it so much. It's part of who God made me to be. So, That's so it's right. hard. It's those things like it's expensive. It's hard finding the right people. Um, but I think it's worth it if that's what you're meant to do. Okay. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that. If if it's what you're meant to do. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all meant to do it, but um, <clears throat> so some of y'all just want to do it. Some of y'all ain't meant to do to do music, mm -hmm. right? Like anything, you know, and, like anything. Yeah, like anything. And you know, and I, I, and I say I'll take it in, even in in my perspective. So I do music, right? And I don't do I don't do just this show thing and with the nice fancy background and 
cameras and all that. I actually do music. I actually, those things that are sitting right behind me right there are used yeah. to make music, right? Okay. Expensive stuff. Nice. But I've realized that I'm better at doing certain things than I am at making music. Mm. Like, I, I really am. I am better at developing people. I am better at leadership. I am better at business. I am better at being an executive. I am better at coaching and things. I know where I'm really strong at, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think that's, and this is, I'll say this for everybody. Know where you're really strong at, right? Yes. Be, yes. be self-aware of your strengths and take those into account and utilize your strengths to propel you to what you need to do. So I figured I was really good at talking to people. I'm really good at networking with people. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start We Create Music TV and I'm going to meet a ton of artists and producers and songwriters. And I have met a ton of people. But that's what I'm good at doing. Oh, but I always tell people, don't don't get it twisted. I'll go downstairs and still make I have an album that's going to be coming out later this year. I still make music. Right. Mm -hmm. But I know where I'm really good at. But trying Mm -hmm. to be a producer and trying to make it as a producer, that's that's not my goal. That's not what that's not what I want to do. I want to still make music because I love music mm-hmm. and I still want to put out music. But I don't want to be a, a famous producer anymore. I want to be a famous developer of, of artists. I want to have a giant consulting company where we are building artists and helping propel them to be successful. That's what I really want to do. But yeah, it's it's important that you find your quote unquote lane, yes. right? Yes. And, and, yes. and operate yes. within that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for That's sharing right. that because that is very inspiring itself. Just hearing you express, like, because sometimes we're so afraid to say to say mm-hmm. the truth to ourselves, you know, to be honest with yourself, and you know it sometimes in your heart of hearts, or you you know, like when the spirit of God tells you, like, maybe you shouldn't, like, maybe you're better at this and that, and we all have strengths and weaknesses. So mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Of course, of course. All right, so let's get into some other stuff that want to talk about so what led to you singing the national anthem at the wizards uh, and bulls basketball game how did that how did you. that happen how, how did that, that happen, happen? Well, yes <laughs> so um i was part of this management team i had this management team that i was working with last year and um we had applied they had helped me. i told them that i wanted to to sing the national anthem um so the, um, one of the guys that we we're working with um he helped find i guess he had some connections in there and he he got me that gig. <laughs> that's basically how it happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. awesome. Oh, so I, yeah, I know. I, I listened to it. I watched it. And like. Oh, thank you. Like, oh, wow. Like, look at them notes. I couldn't sing. At, I grew up as a singer, but I'm not singing. Oh, yeah? Y'all not getting me to sing. Y'all already know that. I'm not doing any of that. But I was like, yeah, look at them. I, yeah. I couldn't do that. But I, but I know where I'm good at. I know where I'm strong at. And exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so, you. I mean, so what was it like? I mean, you got 19,000 plus people there. Was that the biggest audience that you've ever performed in front of? Yes, yeah. yes. And you know what's crazy? I always, I was, I when I think back, I wasn't even scared like that. I really wasn't. I've been good. more nervous for other things than for that. I think, I mean, I had prayed a lot about it. And um, I think... One of the things too that was at the back of the room, like nobody really knows me in this atmosphere, so it wasn't like um, they had much of an expectation. 
So I just was like going there with the grace of God, with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to just sing this song and that's going to be it. Um, and so, but it was a lot of fun and everyone was really nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I have a, I have a friend. Uh, well, hmm, can I call him a friend? He's an acquaintance. He's a high, well, he's an acquaintance. Okay. And so um, we used to go to the same church uh, when I lived okay. in St. Louis. And oh, so okay. he goes around the country and sings the national anthem for everything. I mean, you name it. It's a basketball game, hockey game, football game. Uh, the, he, his, 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 his name is Janero Wilson. But he goes, he goes around and sings in his Navy uniform. Right? Oh. He's always in his Navy uniform. He got this bolsterous voice. And I'm always like, whoa, look. And I'm always like, kudos, kudos to this guy because I'm looking at the, the opportunities that God has placed him in. And this mm -hmm. guy is singing at championship games. And he's, oh man, he, like he's world, I mean, I, well, I don't know if he said he's world now, it probably is, but that's what he loves to do. He sings mm -hmm. uh, praise and worship. He's a worship leader at the church I used to go to back in St. Louis. Okay. And he okay. goes around the country singing, singing the national anthem. At all these sporting events, so I always ask him, "Were you nervous? Are you nervous doing it?" And he's like, "I'm always nervous." <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I he's understand. been doing it for so long. Wow, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. Did you? And uh, let me ask you this side question, if I can ask. Can I ask you a question? Sure, of course. <laughs> okay. Of course you can. So did you watch the All Star, the All Star Game, the NBA All Star Game last night? I did not. I do not. So, so oh, there was a time in my life when I there was a time in my life when I stopped watching sports. So, yes, there was a time and I said, <laughs> but now it's not true anymore. So I just got out of the <laughs> habit of watching sports. Right. So there was a time in my life that said, I can no longer sit and watch them play. I got to figure out how to do something on my own so that I, that I could figure out what I need to do. But mm -hmm. the biggest reason why I don't watch sports, I used to be a San Francisco 49ers fan. Oh. I mean, like to the heart. Like I was a 49ers fan. I'm not even from from San Francisco, right? I'm I was going to say you said you're from where? I'm from Baltimore. I'm from Baltimore. You are? Right? I see. I see. That's why I said we, we'll get into where, I, where I'm originally from later. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh. And so I know you're up in the Baltimore area, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm originally from Baltimore. Uh, but my family moved to Virginia, and so I claim both. Of course, I still have tons of family in Baltimore, tons of family okay. in Virginia. But what ended up happening was that in, I forgot what year it was, mm -hmm. but they broke up the 49ers. The 49ers kept winning Super Bowl and winning Super Bowls. But after the last Super Bowl that they won and they crushed whoever it was, I mean, they crushed who, oh gosh, they crushed them. Like 55 to whatever. Oh. And then they, they broke the team up, all, all the players. And I'm like, you know what? This is where I got enjoyment from. And now you took the whole team away. You know what? Whatever, I'm gonna go find something else to do. And I've literally stopped watching sports after that. But now I just sit and watch anime and other stuff. Ah. But, <laughs> but yeah, but no, to your point, uh, to your question, I didn't watch the NBA. Uh, okay. I was going to ask you if you saw like Macy Gray. Uh, you know Macy Gray, right? I heard that she did the yeah. National Anthem. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I she did the National Anthem. I need to go see it. Yeah, now that I will watch it because, because it's singing. I love singing. I love singing, watching people sing. sing. I love singing mm -hmm. shows. I love singing movies, like oh, the Fire Heart okay, Beats, okay. stuff like that. Okay. But uh, okay, okay. yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so yeah, let's talk about some music stuff, right? So what did you learn from putting out your first project just for you? What did I learn? Um, mm -hmm. I learned uh, to try, try, try again. Because a mm. couple of things, a um, couple of the tracks, we we like, like if something wasn't working out right, we would go, because we were traveling from place to place to actually record um, the album. So, so I learned to just keep persevering for sure. I learned, um, I learned that, okay, I'm not too bad at songwriting. <laughs> I, it, built, it gave me some confidence. Right. Um, yeah, because I had a, a lot of positive feedback from that. I think because I'd never done anything like it before. And a lot of people actually didn't even know that I could do that. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of people didn't know, actually. I didn't even know, okay. Well, they know Maybe now. I didn't even, exactly. So, so it gave me some confidence and... I got to meet people and that's what actually introduced me to the 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 um the producer that i worked for worked with for my next two projects so that was so that was a good experience i think you know just the way god works where you take a step of faith you do something that you're not comfortable doing mm -hmm. you don't really have the experience doing like okay like if you use your logical brain you're like why are you doing this you do that <laughs> stuff anyways because that's what god wants you to do you're taking that step of faith and then it right. leads to something else it's a preliminary thing to something mm -hmm. else so that's why it's very important to just keep following the holy spirit because even though you might not see the end point is leading to something else. Nothing is a is a mistake with God. So everything always you goes that right. Yeah. So that's what JFY really was to me. It was like a step towards what what else God wanted to do. And okay. um, so that's what I learned from that album. Hmm. Good. So was the next step for you the Grateful EP? Yeah. So the next step was the Grateful EP, the Worship EP. Um, yeah. um That that one I got to work with uh, Billy Smiley in Nashville. Um, that was a good experience. I never really like had, I never really, um, worked with another co another songwriter before. That was my first time working with someone who actually is a songwriter. So for JFY, I just wrote my songs, came up with my melodies. And then I started looking for producers that I thought could make what I imagined for the song. And then I would sing it for them and then they would make something. I'll tell them if I like it or not, blah, blah, blah. But with, um, but with Grateful, me and Billy actually sat down together face to face because JFY everything was all electronic for the most part. But Jeff, um, before grateful, I sat down with him, told him my ideas, gave him my songs, and then a couple of songs we actually wrote together from scratch. And nice. um, yeah, some I just wrote, and then he came up with some parts. I came, we worked on chords together and things mm -hmm. like that. So that was a good, ex that was a great experience. Um, I right. never even had been to Nashville before then. So it was oh, nice wow, to okay. be in that musical place. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it was nice. And to actually work with a live band too. That was awesome. That was oh, great. Wow. So yeah, that was a very nice, wonderful experience working with live musicians. So, mm -hmm. right. So, so when you came up with grateful, so talk about that album, what does that album mean to you? That album really was um, was well. It was an expression of how I felt for like the journey that I had been through at that point in time. At that point in time, I my family and I we we had moved to like two different states. <laughs> I moved from Maryland to Pennsylvania, and then we moved from Pennsylvania to Florida. And we were moving into this new environment 
um, we didn't know anybody in the places that we we're moving to. Um, and it was because I was doing my residency at that point in time. So I was in school when I was recording the Grateful album. Um, and if um, and and if anybody's watching knows what a residency is like, it's very hectic. It's a lot of work and it's very busy. It was just one of those things that I was doing that and I was still doing what I felt God wanted me to do. And God was just giving us the grace to deal with it, bringing the right people, helping us out and so at the end of the day i just felt grateful for what god had done for us um a lot of times when we when we're given an opportunity to do something we can sometimes we can be we can focus on all the impossibilities about it, why, how hard it's going to be how crazy the mm. idea is and uh, we never take that step but when you just do what you feel god is asking you to do god really steps up and helps you and that's, that's how right. we felt yeah that's great mm. you just felt just felt grateful mm-hmm. nice i like that you know because albums mm-hmm. i mean there's there's reasons why people make albums and why they title albums what they title them you know so mm-hmm. for you in this case it was grateful for the, all the things that were taking place in your life and especially going mm-hmm. through residency at the same yeah that's yeah <laughs> kudos to you from doing you know being able to balance and juggle yeah. that and, and still come out with a quality product and do uh, your residency and still comp- do you know complete that whole process that's mm-hmm. just wow that's just a whole yes okay hold on give me where's my mouse okay there we go <laughs> i'm like where's my mouse okay good yeah because we had a comment i want to make sure we put the comment up here oh. thank you thank you thank you so, so yes. much you know so and so now you have a new album coming out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes so talk about that. What is it? It's called, I have it written here somewhere. At least I thought I had it written here somewhere. It's called Never Know. And a lot of people don't know. I yeah, I know. I don't have it on here. I thought I did. Oh, okay. But okay. what's the name of the no album? Problem. The name of the album is Never Known. Never Known. That's right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Good. I'm excited and so, about it. And so what's, what sparks this? Is this kind of the same thing we can uh, expect from Grateful? And is it kind of in the same vein as um, Just For You and Grateful? No, no. I think it's more like just for you in the sense that it's eclectic, and okay. um, it's um, but it's um, but it has a very strong nostalgic feel to it. A lot of mm. the songs are inspired by older songs, like older oh. time periods. So I'm really okay. excited about this thing. Yes. Ah, okay. So I like the twenties and the thirties. <laughs> not that old. <laughs> okay, not that old. <laughs> she like we ain't going way back to the. To the what 20s and the 30s now, was, you know, doing like the Charleston and stuff. Like, no, we're not talking about way back then. <laughs> you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking she's like, yeah, it's like, you know, like a period and like, okay, so it's like the 20s, 30s, maybe the 60s and 70s probably is a better. Uh, maybe like 80s and 90s. Oh, 80s and 90s. Yes. <laughs> you know, I don't think, I don't think about those being period pieces yet you know because they're like still fresh because <laughs> <laughs> when every time i think of the fact that we're actually in 2022 i'm like how did that right how did this happen like right. honestly i still remember the 90s a little bit like i do it's still it's still times. here it's still it's still fresh now, now 1920s that's that's a long time ago Mm-hmm. But nineteen eighty. I don't think I want to remember the kind of stuff that was happening back then. Yeah, me either. Nineteen eighty is not that long ago. Just like, oh, that's a historical 
moment we take music from you know i got a new hit uh, piece coming out it's based upon you know some historical music that's been out from the 80s like wait a minute that's but i know people do that like 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 they have whole collections sounds like my wife has a sounds of the 80s collection and it's oh. it's like um but that music is still not old that's not like 1910 music no i don't, I don't think some it's people old. haven't ever heard that some people have never heard it i know a guy i asked a guy one day we were talking about something and uh, he was like yeah i mean i'm getting into singing and i'm listening to different singers i was like oh have you ever listened to brian mcknight he was like who's brian mcknight i was like we're not talking anymore i said call me i said call me back after you find out who brian mcknight is then we oh, can continue man. But if you don't oh, know, man. we can't continue the conversation. He's like, yeah, my I idols guess... are um, Trey Songs and Chris Brown. I was like, no, no, wait. Oh. Go back, go back and find out who. No. Yeah, no, he needs to Chris know Brown, Trey Brian Song, McKnight but... for sure. If he likes Trey Songs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, mm. you know, Brian McKnight is. Okay, anyway, I'm like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> He's, yeah, no, no, no. So, <laughs> okay, so when can we expect, when can we expect Never Known to... To, yes. to grace us. Mm. Never Known is coming out the end of March. Oh, so next month. Yes, I'm so yes. excited. I think you yes. find like inspiration from like, like I said, the 80s, the 90s, a little bit and of shining there, a little bit of like different things. I, I, yeah, so I'm excited. It's, a, mm. it's an EP and I'm looking forward to releasing that. So. So is this one more of an expression of who Irene is? I think as... so. Okay, so, good. I think so. Yeah, more of uh, yeah, exactly. More of who I am, and and I just hope it's one of those things where we're talking about different things, not like the different the songs talk about different things. Okay, so mm. hopefully it tells a story, and you can go with the story, go along with the story. With each track has its own story that it's telling, mm. and. Um, and like what you said about music, how sometimes we kind of separate secular music from Christian music. Right. I think that this tr this EP should at least open our eyes to experiencing God and seeing Him as love in all forms, mm. like mm -hmm. the different ways that we see love. Love between right. uh, mother and child, love between man and woman, love between mm -hmm. you and God. Like this is all p part of God because God is love. So That's right. Yeah. He sure is. Trust me. He sure will. You ain't got to trust me because he can. He he will show you in his own capacity, his own way. But yes, yes God is yes. is 100% love. Have you yeah. ever read the book, um, Music Through the Eyes of Faith? No. I'm oh. It sounds really good. Yes. You got to get that book. Music Through the Eyes of Faith. Okay. That book opened up my eyes because when I first started making music, I was 100% making Christian hip hop music. Okay. And then I read that book, like, wow. Wait, so we can make other types of music? <laughs> are you like, what? Like, are you sure? <laughs> I, don't have to, I don't have to feel judged because of it? Or like I'm in sin because I'm making a song that not about Christ? Okay. Oh, okay, cool. Right. And so that book, Music Through the Eyes of Faith, just opened up my world when it comes to uh, the music artistry uh, and the gift of music. And mm -hmm. so I would suggest that book, Music Through the Eyes of Faith. So, Thank yes. you. I'm definitely going to read it. Yep. So I hear that you won um, Best Songwriter somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Mm. When was yeah. that? I think like 2018. 
2019. Now, is, is, was that at the um, International Christian Film Festival? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk talk about winning Best Songwriter of the it Year. It was a blessing. Uh, so me and my husband went to this thing. It was in Orlando. He actually put me for the competition. And he didn't even tell me about it. He just put me in. And then he's like, oh, you have to go perform. And so, I mean, we got ready. We went there. And uh, I performed Fire My Veins. And then I won Best Songwriter for that song. And um, that's where it was at that competition that I got to meet Billy Smiley, the producer that I worked with. For uh, okay. I'm for Never Known to the EP. So I worked with him mm-hmm. for that too. So um, it was, it was, it was, you know, sometimes when you look back and you think like, I can't believe I did that. It was one of those things. Cause honestly, I just went in there just like, hey, I'm here. I'm gonna just do it. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's good though, because it was a, it was a something that took place that led you to a place where you probably needed to be, mm-hmm. and sometimes mm-hmm. we don't understand the road that we travel that gets us to that to that point. We may go, yeah, I don't want to do that, but that's probably what we need to do because that's going to open up doors. To so it's interesting you said your husband did it and you didn't even know. You just mm-hmm. came. Uh, I kind of put you in this contest. Um, yeah, we're going to go. And so now, okay. I know, right? Yeah. He's really happy. He right. drove us there. <laughs> and the funny thing is that this was in the middle of my residency. And Orlando, like I told you that we moved to Florida, mm. right? Orlando was like three and a half hours from where we lived in Florida. I didn't mm. have time off. The night that I performed was the night we drove back. We drove six hours that day. Six and a, so wow. almost seven hours. To, for us to go back to work the next day. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I used to manage an artist, and we drove from Atlanta to Charlotte so he could perform at uh, the basketball, the Charlotte Hornets basketball game, and we drove back that night. Wow! So that was eight hours. We drove four hours to Charlotte. He did his whole performance, and then we mm-hmm. got in the car and drove. Now, I couldn't drive back. I was tired. You know, I'm out there mingling and shaking hands and talking about him and doing all these different things. And by the time he got there, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm tired. So he drove. He drove. I drove halfway back. And then he drove mm-hmm. the rest of the way back. But yeah, wow. some yeah. of those things that, and those are the things that if you really truly want to make it, you have to go do. Yeah. You gotta go do those things. You, oh, it's, I don't want to do that. No, you gotta go do those things. If those things mm-hmm. are, help propel you and put yes. you in a position that you want to, those are the things that you need to go do. So sometimes you may have to drive four hours to go perform and drive back the same day to meet the mm-hmm. people that you need to meet and make mm-hmm. those connections so it can propel your career. So yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's that's good. So okay, so for you, so what were the what would you say are the top three things that you wish you knew before getting into this into this whole music world? Um well I didn't know it was this expensive. I don't know. I don't think I should have known, actually. If I knew, maybe I'd have really thought harder about it. <laughs> maybe I've been very discouraged to try. I don't know. Okay, so let me think of something else. I think one thing that I didn't know is that it, I, I thought that people just made it like that. I didn't know that it really takes a lot of perseverance to actually make it. 
I don't know why I never thought of it that way because it seemed to me like someone just came up from nowhere and they're all of a sudden popular. That's right. what it seemed like to me when I was from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. But once you're in, you start to see that a lot of people that are very successful at it have been working on it for many years. I mean, like, if I can think of like the most successful or one of the greatest artists of all time, I think Michael Jackson, right? Of course. And he's been doing that thing since he was a baby. That's right. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. So like I don't know why it didn't why it didn't dawn on me when I started that I just thought that mm-hmm. oh I'm just gonna put this thing out people are gonna love it and it's just gonna work out I don't know what I was thinking but I think that was gonna take off what was at the back of my head <laughs> right and uh, yeah it's not like that so mm-hmm. um, so that's one thing I wish I I had known so like most things in life it takes a lot of perseverance to and a lot of hard work and another thing that um nobody really told me is like really you need people you need people mm. you need people mm-hmm. that believe in your dream uh, believe in you people that see something in you um to really to really make it because there, there are different careers where a lot of like the careers that we have you can just a lot of things are dependent on you like school stuff like okay like being a dentist you study you work hard you get into a school you need someone to accept you into the school yes but a lot of of it depends on you but with this you do really need a lot of people there are a lot of doors that you have to go through and there are lots of people guarding those doors <laughs> there's so many guarded doors right. in the industry so that's right yeah you do need, a lot of it is based on connections people knowing one the other person so i i didn't know that when i first mm-hmm. started mm-hmm. yeah uh, i can think of a third thing um did i say expensive did i say it already <laughs> yeah but you know what but you can say expensive still Yes, it is expensive. it's expensive. It's expensive. It? And it's even more expensive to promote your music than to make it, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it should be whatever you're spending on. So when it works out, the what you're spending to produce your album should be the same amount that you're spending to promote your album. You promote it. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you are spending 10 grand on your album, guess how much you're spending to promote this album? 10 grand or more. Right. It, mm. You can't mm-hmm. spend 10 grand on your album and then spend 500, 500 on promotion. Dollars. That's not going to work. You on the same wavelength. Right. See, 500. <laughs> that's not going to work. Nope. You have because I can tell you now, some things you probably want to do are going to cost more than $500. Oh, yeah. Just you, if you want to add in a magazine, it's probably going to cost you more than $500. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you should be spending whatever you do in production. And this for anybody watching what you spend on production and that goes for paying producers, songwriters, artwork, all of that mm-hmm. equally, equally or more in promotion mm-hmm. because you can make a great product. But if nobody ever hears it, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I think I mean, it actually doesn't mean nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it means you put out a great, you know, some great work that yeah. people locally can hear. But if you're not putting your music on iTunes, this. I mean, how many people are on iTunes? Oh exactly. my gosh. I mean, it's a sea of artists. You know how many songs get uploaded to iTunes a day? And you think that we're just going to stumble upon yours? Oh, you know what? I found this person. Oh my gosh, let's blow them up. Uh, yeah, it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. I always tell, I always tell people no record labels are going to come in and swoop you up and make you a superstar overnight. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of connections. 
Yes. A lot of connections. A lot of getting through those gatekeepers and making those connections. Yes. Sometimes it's sometimes it's flying from Atlanta to L.A. and meeting people. Not necessarily going out to do work, but going to a conference, going to a networking mm-hmm. event, uh, mm-hmm. meeting people, making those mm-hmm. opportunities for yourself. And it's mm-hmm. consistency in doing that. I think I think a lot of people, because it's probably that same thing. Oh, I just put out a song. This is the best song in the world. It should blow up right now. And then get mad when it doesn't. Doesn't, and then, yeah. It's like, oh. And you're discouraged. No. That's right. Oh, the industry is hating on me because they don't. No, the industry's not hating on you. It just it takes time. It's a, mar- it's a marathon. It is not it sure a sprint. It is not a sprint. No. Oh, no, gosh. It is not. Whew. I wish people would. Yeah, I wish people would know that. Okay, so what's next for you? What can we, besides the album coming out Mm -hmm. at the end of March, what's next Mm -hmm. for Irene? What can we expect from Irene in the next two to five years? I know that's a lofty question. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, Touring, collaborating with more people, um, writing more stuff. I want to. I like to write. So writing music for film, for um, writing, maybe even script writing too, because um, I do enjoy writing a lot. And um, yeah, just working with people. Looking forward to that. Good, good. Writing scripts yeah. is not an easy thing to do. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. There's all formatting and structure and mm-hmm, learning mm-hmm. how to write interior day. You know, yeah. this is what's happening. Oh, I know. I was. I wanted to be a screenwriter, so oh, okay. I, I took a ton of screenwriting courses and uh, started writing my first script. And uh-huh. I never did anything with it. But yeah, so I. Oh, I know. Yeah, I've done a lot of stuff. I just, just, just some of them didn't come to fruition. But I've learned a lot from doing those things. Yeah, I was gonna say it's That's not right. wasted. Learn. That's mm-hmm. right. So, Irene, how can people connect with you? How can they find your music? How can they just tune in and be, you know, be part of what you're doing? Okay, thank you. Um, so you can check me out on social media. My name is Irene Rock. So you'll find me on Instagram, Twitter. Um, you find my YouTube channel, Irene Rock. Um, my music is everywhere you can find music, really. Amazon Music, Spotify. You find me on YouTube, like I said um pandora boomplay itunes um anywhere you listen audio mac anywhere anyhow you get your music i'm there um and um yeah just keep following me and um if you even check out my website irenrock.com you can subscribe to our mailing list and you you get more information and we'll update you update you when anytime i'm touring or wherever i'm gonna be so yeah so good so Irene, wow, it was a pleasure having you on tonight. Oh, thank you so much. It's, it's an honor. It's an honor to have you here. Uh, if you can hold on for just one moment while I close this, while I close this okay. out. Okay. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, Irene Rock. Right. Make sure you support. Make sure you check her out. Make sure you go listen to all her music. Support her in her endeavors. We look forward to her dropping "Never Known" at the end of. March 2022. So be on the lookout for it. I'm interested in myself and hearing uh, this amazing album. Uh, one, to see if it's kind of in that same vein as the other two, because when I listened to Just For You, it was great. It put me in that worship spirit. And if you're the worship type, that album is going to put you in that spirit. So 
but once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for checking us out here on We Create Music TV. You can find us our interview segments every Monday and every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here. Uh, you can tune in. Make sure to subscribe to our channel, of course. Make sure to hit the notification bell to be notified of our new content that we drop, which comes out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Well, almost every Thursday at, at 2 p.m. I'm working on something uh, new, so that's kind of taking me away a little bit from bringing y'all this content that I want to bring you every Thursday at 2 p.m. But thank you very much for tuning in with us. I love you all. You already know that. And I will see you on Thursday because there's an interview coming Thursday. So be on the lookout for it. Peace.